I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, honey, we could be in Kansas before the snow begins to fall. <laughs> um, are we rolling? So, here we are. So, here we are. As this <laughs> comes out to you and hits everybody... Um, we would be, what, one day, two days removed from the passing of uh, one Jerry Garcia. Yes. So, uh, uh, this is a, uh, for anybody who's following uh, Robert or uh, Radio Free Jersey uh, on social media platforms, um, you can, uh, you know, you, you, you saw his days between um, posts. And uh, I was particularly moved by the, uh, the one of, uh, of the press release announcing his death. Uh, and oh, the... including a, a <laughs> music here uh, <laughs> yeah. segment. Yeah, so. the uh, for those of you uh, listeners who don't know what the Days Between is, so the Days Between celebrates the birth of Jerry Garcia, which is August 1st, 1942, and his death, which was August 9th, so a day this episode was released on August 10th of 2020. So 25 years ago on August 9th, in 1995, Jerry Garcia passed. He was 53 years old. Um, so over the years, the dead community has called this time between August 1st, you know, his birth and his death, because it's a very short period of time, the days right. between. Um, yep. Right. So, yes, uh, I have been per- I had been posting uh, some dead memorabilia that I've had, you mm-hmm. know, f- album covers and, you know, album, physical albums and things that, that I have in my possession and whatnot. But yesterday on the 25th anniversary of the passing of Jerry Garcia um, okay. was I have, I kept, as you mentioned, the, well, on the 8th. Uh, so I was working yeah. at WZLX in Boston at the time. And, I, and we'll just take a mm-hmm. few minutes on this, but um so the first thing I I, I posted uh, on Saturday night was two press releases, one from Don Law, which mm-hmm. was the concert promoter in, in Boston at the time. Yeah. Um, the Grateful Dead uh, had was for wide release that they were going to play a series of dates in September, like a month away, like the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, or 9th, 11th, 13th, or something. Right. At, at Boston Garden. These were the final right. shows the Grateful Dead would ever play at the Boston Garden. Right. Was how the press release was written. Now, at the time, it was because the Boston Garden was being torn down. <laughs> And yep. they were going to re- they were replacing that with the what is it the TD America yep. Center at the time Robert I don't know if you remember this you were up there it was owned by this is before this is right at the start of when every bank was buying every other mm-hmm. bank so it was originally going to be the Shawmut Center yes um, and then the bank and then they were bought by Bank Boston or by, yeah Bank Boston, bank Boston. so it was the Bank Boston Garden yes that's i think um, what it what was well, i think that well, it actually was the Shaman Center then it became the Bank Boston Garden right right and then they were bought by TD Bank right <laughs> so uh, that was a tuesday uh, august 8th if memory serves was a tuesday uh, 25 yep. years ago and then wednesday yep. morning so we announced uh, at ZLX at WZLX in Boston we announced the shows and uh, at six in the morning, I think we did another, you know, throughout the, the morning show, we announced, uh, uh, I think we announced again at nine and then mm-hmm. 1130 
was when our AP machine started, you know, whirring. Again, the, the internet, there was the internet then, but it wasn't <laughs> as prevalent. Right. There was right. certainly no you, those you couldn't social media. Internet 1.0 at that point. Well, I mean, you, I mean, we, we had a website. We were we were the first yeah. radio station in Boston that had a website. That was one of my jobs. Um, yeah, uh, and that was from '94. Um, right. But you know, the the AP machine went off, and and then you know, buzzing through the halls, uh, Jerry Jerry Garcia has passed. Um, yep. And. I think the the morning show producer, a friend of mine named Ken West, with whom I went to college, he was a deadhead. I was a deadhead, mm-hmm. uh, and and our program director Buzz Knight said, "Hey, get the two deadheads in here so we can figure out what songs to play uh, as a tribute." <laughs> so one of the other posts I made was a very hastily written on steno pad, in my like nervous scratch handwriting. Uh, I don't know a number of songs that we were going to p- play um, in the afternoon show. The other things you'll see if you follow me on Instagram at RD Mathers is I, so I kept all of those materials. I kept the um, the the press releases that we talked about. I kept the I took the AP copy with me after we'd read it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, uh, I have press releases. Uh, the next couple of days about tributes, uh, pe- something called People Magazine Online <laughs> did a did an online <laughs> tribute. Um, uh, I bought a copy of the Boston Gar- uh, Boston. <laughs> I bought a copy of the Boston Globe, the New York Times, and this is the New York Times when it was a wide paper. Uh, right. and a copy of the New York <laughs> Daily News. For some reason, I couldn't get the Herald that morning. Um, and I have the, I posted those, I, 25 years later, I still have the, the full newspaper, everything in it. Um, uh, and I also have, uh, in the subsequent weeks, uh, there was a people magazine, the Rolling Stone magazine, I think time, uh, anybody that talked about Jerry or put Jerry on the cover, uh, I, I still have to this day, um, my mother's like, you should frame all that. And I'm like, I don't know if it's something you really want to hang, but it, it felt important <laughs> to collect it. Yeah, it was. P- I got People Magazine, Time Magazine. The cover. Jerry's on the people of. Uh, sorry, Jerry's on the cover of People, and that came out on August twenty first. August twenty first is when Time came out. Cyber War is the cover story, and Jerry Garcia is like a sort of slapped on headline. <laughs> uh, Newsweek came out the, the on the 21st and Jerry is on the cover of that with a side headline Windows 95 should you jump uh, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly came beautiful. out uh, September 11th 1995 with Jerry on the cover uh, there was a special Jerry issue of people uh, and roll and of course Rolling Stone which it's funny uh, it it used it. <laughs> I was still receiving Rolling Stone magazine at 100 Forest Avenue in Verona, oh, uh, awesome. and my parents would package that and send that to me. But Jerry was on the cover. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Amazing. God, God, 53 years old. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that I still have this copy of the Boston Globe, and they did a. He was on the front cover, and then they did the whole front cover of the Living Arts, and then several pages in the article in there. So. Uh, that's, that's what that is. Thank you for letting me. Yes. And, uh, to, to put a bow on this, uh, and I will not state it, but I believe, um, if memory serves me correct, I was in the town. You are currently recording from 
uh, when I found out. You were in Ocean City <laughs> my 25 years ago. father told me. Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, my wow. uh, girlfriend after college was a Philadelphia suburbs girl, so they always were going down to, um, uh, you know, the Ocean City or uh, Wildwood mm-hmm. or a- Avalon? A- Avon, Avalon, a- yeah. Avalon? Avalon. That's where I all, spent you know, summers always... as a child, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Yes. All right. So, so yes, it, it, all of that. Well, it's interesting, actually. It does tie in, and thank you for. I mean, it was it's it, it it's been very front of mind because it is twenty five years ago. Um, yep. And you know, as a deadhead, this this my we've mentioned this before in various shows, but you know, my plan when we got out of high school, almost thirty years, <laughs> twenty nine years ago, was <laughs> to. I was going to, you know, go to college in Boston. I was going to yep. get jobs in radio. And my plan, even in August of 1995, was, you know, Boston. And then I was going to work my way west. And I had a plan by the year 2000 to be working for the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And you know, I'm an archivist or a. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I, I uh, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to work for Dick Lavatla. I wanted to work with David Gans. I wanted to t- take the things, you know, I wanted to work for the band in some sort of archival purpose. And, uh-huh. you know, three months out of college, two months out of college, it all, you know, that, that dream. Um, uh-huh. Now, I could have still pursued it if I was a different person, if I was not the kid who. Uh, because this anniversary just passed too, right? If I was not the idiot kid in 1979 who went, oh, the catcher for the Yankees died. Well, I don't need this card anymore. And I, <laughs> tore, up, I tore up a Thurman Munson card because I didn't understand the, the value of baseball cards. Uh, yeah, I'm not... Listen, I've... Um, I'm not always right, but I've never been wrong. It does seldom yeah. turn out the way it does in the song. <laughs> There you go. Nicely done. Uh, but the Dead did produce a large amount of their uh, catalog and their work and uh, the, you know, in the 1970s. And today yeah. we're going to talk about... None of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paste yes. Magazine, what have you become? So um, what we're talking about is uh, they did a list of their top 70 albums of 19, the 19 record released, excuse me, released in the 1970s. Right. And it's simply just titled the 70 best albums of the 1970s. Uh, And it was published in paste on January 7th of this year. Uh, Uh So, you know, uh, PC or PBC before COVID, pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, I don't. <laughs> all right. No, we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Because it's exactly. of the seventies, right? So I want all of you listening to keep in mind: this is called the bet. The article, the list we're playing with here, is the best. <laughs> the seventy best albums of the nineteen seventies. So. Uh, unlike the last episode of this show where we said you could only find 15 ABBA songs to talk about, they at least <laughs> did the, the you know, 70s, 70s thing. You know, that's fine. And and it was it's a follow-up to their, to their um, 
60 60s 60s right you know hey yep. let's be like Sirius XM and do you know cute right cute things <laughs> uh, so as normal we're going to uh, just just get into the the top 20 and um, and then a, a continued spirited conversation will ensue exactly so uh, number 20 Elvis Costello my aim is true from 1978. Pink, number 19, Pink Floyd's The Wall from 1978 as well. Number 18, Funkadelic Maggot Brain from 1971. Number 17, Van Morrison Moondance from 1970. And number 16, Slide in the Family Stone. There's a riot going on from 1971. So um, let's. we don't have to go so deep in this because, you know, we have people haven't heard 15 through 20. Uh what I will say here, my one comment will be, um, and this is just uh, my clear uh, anti-Pink Floyd bias. Uh, well, I, I not anti-Pink Floyd as much as I, I, I just think The Wall is a ponderously boring uh, album. <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me. I, 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 and no matter how many times I try and listen to it, you know, in high school, you know, bought it, bought the double album on CD. It just, I, it never really, you know, it just, I, it, I don't get it. Um, and you know, it was a successful album. I like, I like the first couple albums and especially dark side of the moon a million times better. Um, but, um, I, I don't know that you, um, yeah, your, your take Robert. Well, I think that uh, Pink Floyd the Wall certainly has its place. It it was uh-huh. a um you know, it's a I think it's a great concept album. It's a it's a rock opera for all intents and purposes. Um yep. uh do I think it's one of should it be this high? I think it does belong on a at the very yeah. least a a if you're going to do 70 mm-hmm. albums of the 70s um, for sure. It, well, if you're going to do 100 albums of this, I mean, it had its place. Um, right. Although I would, I would, and it, look, it was a mega, you know, it really was yeah, the last exactly. mega record um, mm-hmm. of the, where David Gilmore and Roger Waters Roger were Waters getting were... along. Right. Um, you know, exactly. there are, there are people uh, um who think Division Bell is a, the best Pink Floyd album ever? But you know that's an age thing. I think um, uh, no judging uh, that. Um, right, some slight, but go ahead. You know, but but yes, I I look. I think I think um, Dark Side of the Moon is a a more recognized record. It certainly sold better. I don't know if yep. I would put Pink Floyd the Wall. I don't know if I'd put I'd put it in the top fifty. I don't know if I'd put it in the top twenty. Only because I mean it was just such a juggernaut of a record. Um, yeah, I, yes, I, I, it does agree. have meander. I mean, there. Uh, 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 how many? You know, of the. I'm trying to think how many. Um, I'm going to look this up here in real time. <laughs> the. Um, so the wall has it's two, it's a double record, so uh, all right. So there are twenty six songs on the record. Okay, um, you have to. Well, actually, I think Roger Waters wants you to track the record. Um, 
Wow, I didn't have to do the math. It actually says 26 songs on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Roger Waters wants you to track the album because it tells a story. But I can tell you that uh, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, that's a good song. Mother's a good song. Uh-huh. Yep. Young Lust is a good song. Uh, then you flip, uh, you know, then, Hey You, that's a good one. Is anybody out there? Eh. You know, it, I mean, yeah. they're tied together. But these are all radio hits. Comfortably Numb. Yep. That's a good song. So what I mm-hmm. just say, five, six, maybe even run like hell. Um, right. They had, there were there were not as many hits off of this record for for such a. Right. It is Colossal meandering. Album. I don't listen to the whole thing because unlike, right. um, I think the the movie soundtrack, you can track because it tells the story it makes a good movie but a lot of this is crap so i will back you on that right so um i you know uh i think we both (laughs) i I love elvis costello Mm -hmm. i would keep him there funkadelic i really love magic brain i don't know if i would put it that high but i would certainly put it within the top 30 40 somewhere in there now already we're getting to (laughs) Right. So if you're going to do 70 albums of the 70s. <laughs> yep, exactly. One would think you were going to ha- you would have to if you're going to do that that is a um a lofty goal to do a 70 albums of the 70s and yep. not and include all of the popular music genres. Mhm. Uh so just keep that in mind. I like the fact right. that Funkadelic is here. Um, right. But we've just had two rock records. Is this a rock record? Right. Now, I would yeah. argue it is because it, it you know, I think funk uh, has a, has a you know, has a place. Um, yeah. And certainly uh, a Funkadelic, Parliament Funkadelic is in, well, this isn't Parliament, but, you know, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which, as we've said before, yeah. should be the, uh, just the, music you know, Hall popular music <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. All right. And um, I, I, look, so, Van Morrison belongs. I could put. I think yep. Moon Dance is a is a really good solid record. It's mm-hmm. not as drunk, <laughs> fan. Um, right. You know, it's a good follow up to to Astral Weeks. Um, yep. Yeah, I would. I could. I could put that. I don't know if it would. Yeah, you know, it, was it a seminal? That's a thing. Like you think. But I, I would I look at it I look at it this way. If you knew anybody who have one Van Morrison album, they had Moon Dance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Right. Whereas <laughs> that, I don't so think I, anybody had if you had one Pink Floyd record, I don't think it's the wall. Right. There you go. Um and I like Sly and the Family Stones, there's a riot going on. I love that cover. I also love the back cover where they're playing at some concert and it's kind of shot from above and uh, above yeah. their heads and behind the stage. Um, but again, a similar uh, discussion as to that. And, um, you know, uh, you know, th- some funk, some soul, some, a little bit of everything. Uh, so, um, but I, again, maybe a little too high. I don't, I don't know what your, your take there is. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would have put it this high only because there was one hit off and it was just family affair. All right. Speaking of hits, <laughs> fifteen. We'll jump back in. Fifteen. Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Whew, fifteen. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, Fourteen. Stevie Wonder. 
Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions, 1973. Uh, number 13, The Who, Who's Next, 1971. Number 12, David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, 1972. And number 11, slightly cheating a little bit, The Beatles, Let It Be, 1970, which maybe had uh, one day of recording that was in 1970 on all of it. Well, I but, think uh, these are released. That's the key. It's not recording. Exactly. It's when it was released. That's their, <laughs> which I would not, I mean, you could say Let It Be is a 70s record. Because it right. did come out in 1970. Um, right. Yeah. And signaled. But. Right. Abbey Road was recorded before Let It Be. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but it was a, you know, yes, it was. This was 70s Beatles to a degree. This was the end of the band. Um, right. Yep. I could see it in a top 20. I'm fine with it being in the middle of the road there. Right. Um, yep. Fleetwood Mac, I'm fine with that being where it is. It could be a little higher only because that record is, that was a juggernaut defining uh, album for that band in its new incarnation. Um, uh, look, Inner Visions from Stevie Wonder, I think is great, right? It's got higher ground that, on it. Yep, exactly. And that is Stevie Wonder. Um, if you look up all the albums, that came out right around. He was just hitting uh, on all cylinders there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, a, a very good album. I'm a little surprised that Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, maybe, you know, um, their most popular album and a, you know, a classic rock, like every other song on that album is a classic rock staple you pretty much um, get to hear that if you listen to a classic rock radio station anywhere in america for 48 hours you'll hear pretty much 90 percent of rumors <laughs> right exactly i'm just i'm i'm surprised that it's at 15 i would have at least put it in i would at least think it'd be in the top 10 but that's that's me well it, it, like again it, it goes it's to the well definition if you're gonna do if you're gonna do 70 rock records should be a little higher right this is my problem yep. with paste not thinking things through. <laughs> exactly. And uh, a quick non sequitur about the who's who's next. Um, how <clears throat> did you immediately know that was them uh, peeing on the wall on the cover or af- after peeing on the wall on the cover? Uh, uh, well, cons- um... I, ju- I it was only within like the last year or so that I. That oh, no, I knew this. That. I knew. Um, I knew that I, I was high school probably was when I acquired this record early high school. <laughs> so, uh, 15 years after it came out, probably because it came out 20 years right. before we graduated. But, uh, right. geez, I, yeah, I probably had this in junior high or high school. Um, only right. because, uh, uh, Entwistle's zipping his pants up. They're all kind of doing that. And then there are P marks on the wall. Um, now right. in all in, in all fairness, it could have been uh, Muni or K 
Ken Dashow or somebody I was listening to at 1027 WNEW in New York in the 80s that came out of, you know, like Behind Blue Eyes or Won't Get Fooled Again or, or Bob right. O'Reilly, you know, coming out of the right. going, hey, you know, from 1971's The Who's Next, you know, the album where they were peeing in the, on the front of it. All right, now here's, <laughs> uh, you know, right. what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, in yeah. the LIE? You know, that, that right. it, it could have been one of those things. And then right. I just... Because again, we came up there. I didn't know this through, through through Googling or the internet. So you're saying you like you know like you were today years old when you found out that it was yeah <laughs> pee was, on the on know, the fake Stonehenge yeah, wall. Yeah, I didn't. Someone was like, I I think I went down a rabbit hole maybe a year ago, two years ago. I was trying to figure out where, uh, maybe where Blonde on Blonde, where the cover of Blonde on Blonde was filmed, mm-hmm. where the the picture was taken. Yeah. Um, and found this website that did it for a whole bunch of albums, and then that mentioned where that was filmed, where whose next was was the photo was taken, and like, oh, this is where they, you know, and that had some story about them peeing on the wall as you know part of it. I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> it all <laughs> makes I sense now. Back, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be sense. surprised if that was a um, uh. Oh, why am I blanking on the drummer's name? Um, uh, Keith Moon. If that was not the a Keith, Keith Moon, Moon idea. idea, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that tracks as as we like to say. Yeah. So uh, David Bowie, Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, and the Sliders from Mars. Um, it's funny. Uh, I, I I would say probably his most known and most famous album pre like the you know the the eighties you know pop 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 hits. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's good. I, I I think that's probably pretty accurately rated. If I was to take a, a Ziggy Stardust album, there. I, I, um, I mean a Bowie yeah, record. I don't yeah, know. I I, I did vote. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think it's, I'd it's, ever move it higher. No, no. <laughs> Although I would, you know, I would posit there might have been better Bowie records in the seventies. This sure. is not a record I could necessarily track. Right. Uh, well, that's funny. Um, I uh, David Bowie is another one, uh, and you know, uh, I, I it's funny. I, I kind of equate him as kind of the Madonna for like a more rock and roll world, whereas he basically took whatever was kind of the next big thing, and he kind of you know uh, borrowed from it and stole it. And then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, put his own spin on it, of course. But um, yeah, it, it just always seemed like these were his phases, and like, oh, I'm going to do this album, and it's going to be like this, and I'm going to do, uh, you know, more glam style. Album. See, now well, like we this. could probably gonna... do a whole other uh, deep dive on David Bowie somewhere. Maybe there's, there's right. got to be a list of just David Bowie. He he. Now, <laughs> I w- I would posit that in some cases he may have. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him the Madonna of uh-huh. of rock and roll, but possibly an early Wayne Gretzky of rock and roll. Okay. In that, <laughs> I think he saw where the puck was going. Right, Look I think he's you with the, your Kevin Smith uh, quotes. <laughs> um, and happy belated fiftieth, yeah. Kevin. Um, exactly. I think he he saw where 
uh, yeah, where that, things that, could that, go, that is a very good point. and then made them happen. And I think, and then everybody copied him, right? So, right. Uh, you know, T Rex is a great example. I mean, the whole glam thing. You know, I think he saw a little bit about Mark what Bolin was do, what Mark Bolin was doing, and then you know went well. All right, but he was such an right. artist in that. Um, he was going to explore whatever he was feeling at the time. I, whereas, whereas, um, uh, Louise Chicone, I think was, um, (laughs) manufacturing things that she heard, especially later on, but reinventing oneself, which I think is, you know, it's very important as an artist or for an artist to do it, you know? So, yep. Yep. All right. So let's uh, jump back to 10. No, Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols, Pistols in 1977. Eh. Uh, number nine, Television, Marquee Moon, uh, uh, Love, uh, 1977. Uh, eight, The Ramones, The Ramones, 1976. Um, number seven, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, 1970. Number six, Led Zeppelin, uh usually called Led Zeppelin <laughs> or officially mm, called Led Zeppelin, right. but known as Led Zeppelin four or Zoso. Right. Or Zoso. Exactly. No, and that was number six. So, so here, I think we get to the point where the um, editorial staff at paste went, oh, shit, we need some punk in here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta throw some, like now, I don't know. We, we, we I have love... rock, we have uh, R and B and soul, Oh crap! Right. We don't have any punk, so let's just put or, three or, punk or, records uh, together. Um, what do they call it? Fusion jazz, either. So let's throw some of that in there too. <laughs> oh, with Miles Davis, yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, so, it was a defining um, record, right? Bitches Brew, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, the the Sex Pistols never really did it for me. No. Um, and I certainly wouldn't put that album in the top ten. No, I, I wouldn't put it. I, I would. Know, I would it, stick it way back up at the top. Right. I, you know, I would, there's a couple, you know, I like the television album and the Ramones album are a million times better than the Sex Pistols. See now, what's interesting is, yes, uh, especially growing up in the New York metropolitan area, we have an affinity for the Ramones. Until Uh doing research for this show, I, I don't know whether, I, I just, I didn't, I did, all of my years, I have never come across television. Right. I didn't know who they so were. Have you... I listened to it and I was like, yep, I would, I would, even if I heard it on the radio, I would not have registered as something I wanted to pursue. Right. Um, if you ever see the movie, I think it's a, I think it might be called CBGB where, um, speaking of Kevin Smith, um, oh, who's the, uh, uh, now I can't think of his name. He re- he probably died three four years ago. Um, British guy. He was in Love Actually. He's the one who has the affair. Oh, um, um, uh, he was in the Harry Potter movies too, right? Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, Alan. Yep. Yeah. No. Rickman. R- uh, yeah, Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he plays Hilly Crystal in that, and one of the first bands that shows up to play uh, CBGB is television and uh uh, really i didn't realize that they were all part of that that whole scene even even before the ramones so but uh yeah i 
it's funny. I, I, I'm with you. That that I kind of sniffed that out as well. The like, <laughs> oh hey, let's throw some uh, let's throw some punk in here. So this this it just I, seems right. And I think right here at this point in the show, we are going to give uh, the editors at Paste Magazine the Rolling Stone Too Cool for the Room Award <laughs> to number right. nine television marquee moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's get to the top. A top five. Now, this you would imagine would be the, uh, the you know the the, the biggest selling records of nineteen seventy of the of the of the t- ten year decade. There, sure. Okay. Yes. Number five, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, nineteen seventy five. Number four, Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon, nineteen seventy three. Number three, The Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, nineteen seventy two. Number two, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, nineteen seventy one. And number one, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. So 19, what's that, 75. 75, yeah. So um, all albums I know very well. Yes. I I might, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. I just realized not um, nothing from the doors in the in the top 20. I don't, I don't recall nothing seeing Nothing from them the doors the at all. List. Right? Nothing from the doors. Um who else was I just thinking of that wasn't uh, didn't see here in the top twenty? Um, but go on it, it, while I while I recalibrate well, my brain. Yes, you... I mean, look, Springsteen. It's a great record. It is a defining record of the seventies. I would. This is what we were talking about earlier. I would absolutely say Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon belongs in a top yep. twenty. If you're talking about the seventies, yep. even in the top ten, because it was just such a seminal record. Uh, you, mm-hmm. I think they just lined up whatever the seventies Rolling Stones records were and went, eh, let's do Exile Main Street. Um, right. Yep. It, it is a. It. I. You know, it's a good record. Um, I would have put some girls up above it, although some girls is mm-hmm. on their list on their overall list. I think it's you know it's much farther back. What's going on is a seminal record, but I don't think it was that big of a hit. I would definitely. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd put it in the top five. I love. Blood on the Tracks. It is, if I was going to make a list of my top five Bob Dylan records, Blood on the mm-hmm. Tracks would be in the top five. That's all I can come up with right now because I, I haven't put that list together. Maybe we should mm-hmm. start doing our own lists. Um down the road it 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 uh you know, if you were paying attention uh 30 minutes ago at the top of the show, yes, I pulled a very deep cut lyric out of one of my favorite <laughs> tracks on Blood on the Tracks, which is Meet Me in the Morning. But, you know, mm-hmm. this is Tangled Up in Blue. This is Simple Twist of Fate. This is, yep. you know, um, uh, I mean, those are the, the defining, um, you know, off the top of your head singles that came out of um, out of mm-hmm. Blood on the Tracks. It, it really is one of my, it is a, is a record that I played, uh, or Meet Me in the Morning, uh, which is a great blues record. Um, mm-hmm. oh God, Idiot Wind is on here. Uh, Lily oh, Rosemary yeah. Jack of Hearts. Um, Shelter from the Storm. You know, this mm-hmm. is a great Bob is Back record. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and then after that, he went into his, like, I don't want to be Jewish anymore. I want to try Christianity, period. <laughs> Um, and 80s Dylan was yeah. was a a period of searching. Um, 
and I love this this late period Dylan. I really do love uh, him. But would I call Bob Dylan "Blood on the Tracks" the number one album of the nineteen seventies? <laughs> no, no. I I would definitely put it in the top ten, but I would not put it in. Uh, I would not put it at number one. The the. Right. This is this the part where? We, well, what else do you have on the top five here? Uh, let's see. I uh, let's see. I I can't really go create. I would put them all. They'd all be in at least within the top twenty. Sure. Um. Yeah, I, I do like Exile Main Street. I like Sticky Fingers. I like Let It Be. Let It Bleed. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, uh, I, and now I have to go back and check what actually came out in the seventies. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, definitely. I, I would put, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin two, Led Zeppelin. Well, two was, Oh, was that 1969? 69, I think. Yeah. I want to say there three was 70 cause it was, a, it was right. their answer to the, the, uh, Laurel Canyon. Um, right. And I'm, but I'm like, not where's even Houses a big of the Holy? Where's you know? Right, exactly. And I'm not a huge fan, but I like I not on, on the entire list, not a single Eagles album. No, they were right, they, and they flipping define. I mean, that was a yeah, that was a '70s right. thing, right? You know, right. I mean, exactly. you know, running through. I think Devo should have been a little higher up. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, now we're looking. You know, Derek and the Dominoes is on the list. I think it belongs on the list. Derek Dominoes is. I just was checking that. Not number sixty six. Sixty six. It should be. <laughs> it should be definitely in the top thirty of seventies yeah. records. Now, this is what I was getting at before. Do you? If you're going to do all seventies, if you're going to take seventy records. Right. That define the decade of the 1970s. You can't have mm-hmm. this many rock records. Well, I'm sorry, but you have left out the Grateful Dead. I yeah. th- that Shakedown Street. That you yeah. know, Disco Dead is a seminal yeah. 70s record. Uh, um, right. or, or even or, or you know even actually, I would say Working Man's Dead, which came out in 1970 and moved the Grateful Dead away from the psychedelia. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Not not to echo on last the last episode of this podcast, but where the fuck is ABBA on this list? Right, um, exactly. Where are the Bee Gees? Where mm-hmm. is um? Where and, are and the Wings? funny thing is, is where's Band on the Run? Right, uh, you know, there's one John Lennon we're, album. There's one um, George Harrison album. Yeah, all things um, must pass is way too is way too high up. Uh, right. uh, yep. uh, uh, or low or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, right. Harry Nielsen belongs in there. Absolutely. I mean, the last uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel record. Um, yep. Uh, Almonds, I think, is is should not be forty nine. It should be a little higher. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. but, you know, the basement and no tapes, brothers and sisters yeah, either. Yeah, no brothers and sisters. Basement tapes from Bob Dylan the band. That's no, does not belong at right. at forty eight. I mean. Uh, Deja Vu just snuck in with a Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Fine. You know, if you're going to, uh, yeah, some girls, okay, some girls would have been a little higher up. I could have gone, you know, either right. way with that one. But again, there's no Gloria Gaynor. There's no, right. uh, um, uh, right. There's no, no, yeah, no, B, no, no BGs, no, yeah. um, um, right. uh, oh Lord, what's her name? Um, 
Right, that Carol King record was a '70s record. She uh, she is on here, but it is low. Um, Tapestry is on here, but it is it is. Oh, low. there it is. Yeah, thirty-seven. Okay, yeah. right. Imagine, and, um, imagine yep. at thirty-six. Come on, and and right. let's be honest. That, yeah, what was after Imagine? Uh, well, you're right. So no Paul McCartney. Right, no Paul McCartney. Here period. I am defending no, Paul McCartney. No Paul McCartney. <laughs> exactly. Band on the no, run should have been on here. Exactly. No, and no. I just realized this. No Boston. How do you not put the first Boston album on? Right, here? that's seventy-seven. Um, right. There's no. Yeah, this is. Uh, but you're gonna put Michael Jackson's off the wall. <laughs> no, I know that's. You I, like I, that I do love you, that. You like that record for forty-one <laughs> yes. years. Yeah, um, I, I will defend it. Uh, see, I would have put "Darkness at the Edge of Town" over mm-hmm. "Ben yep. uh, Born to Run." I would not yep. have put Patty Smith at twenty nine. Uh, I right. there, there's yeah, it's uh, just and, yeah. and maybe maybe it's the thing is they're trying to uh, let's say this maybe they were trying to include too much into a list of seventy. Maybe it would have been better the the seventy best. You know, um, I mean that's the thing. There's it's no like, rap records uh, on here, right? Or uh, yeah, um, but maybe it was it just needed to be further defined out or made the list bigger. But it, it, yeah, as so it there, is, it just doesn't. Yeah. I mean this this is an interesting point, and it's one of the tenets of this particular podcast that you and I do, Mike, is that right. we they don't. There's no scientific... It, we're talking about art, but if you're going to rank things, you need to apply some scientific method. You need to apply some rules of the road, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And in this article, they say, uh, and I'm quoting here from the article, in fact, it's a decade so musically diverse, we had a quite a time whittling down our top albums. When we pulled our mm-hmm. staff, interns, and writers, over 250 albums received votes, but ultimately these were the 70 that emerged as clear favorites. Mm. So, but we don't know what the parameters are. We don't know what the categories are, which I think, well, my vote here is that it, this is complete. To, to borrow from one of the records that they placed here uh, at number 10, this is complete bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, but that uh, has me thinking. I, I, I hate to... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Finish this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do um, an interesting I, segue I, here, I think. We just seem to spend a lot of time... Uh, uh, making fun of uh, Pace Magazine for these lists. So, and and believe me, I you know I know you well enough to know, and and I'm the same way that the last thing we want to do is, you know, tear down, so to speak. We 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 love to build up and promote, but uh, uh, you know, the some of these things just can't stand. Right, and <laughs> I, I think I, can't. I, th- I absolutely think this is one of them now, because. And so we have been, you know, for the last, you know, since we started this show, we have been uh, 
we've been hammering this point that you just can't publish something that is willy-nilly unless you say, hey, look, man, this is just willy-nilly. Now, I, I guess they could, in their defense, go, well, we pulled our interns and our staff, and this is what we came up with. But then define right. it. Then, then tell me who your staff is made up of. If they're all rock fans, then right. then, then qualify that. Uh, and that's right. the biggest tenet of this show is that you're just making these best best of lists with no qualifiers. You're you're not mm-hmm. telling us why, and and even the blurbs on each of these records, uh, you know, right. is um, it's just not quite. Again, I feel like they were just phoning this stuff in. So yep. And this has been mulling around this this issue of a a scientific method, for lack of a better phrase, for some sort of qualifying Mm -hmm. um, thing of why you like it. You can't again. Art is subjective, but you have to be able to defend your art. Your 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 yeah, not defend your art, Mm -hmm. but defend why you like the art. And one of those defenses is it just speaks to me. Well, that's great. That is a qualifier. But if Mm -hmm. you are going to say these are the best things ever. You mm-hmm. have to you have to say why it is. I think uh, immature, childish, uh, naive. Uh, you know, uh, other big words that are escaping me at this hour. <laughs> All that to say, you have come up with this. Is we're going to tease here now. You have come up with a brilliant idea that I can't wait. We're, we're we've just started knocking <laughs> around. Um, yes, that actually has qualifiers to it Mm -hmm. so let's exactly if you don't mind can we can we kind of tease what's what what the next uh thing is going to happen from from our our little brand here yes so uh what my idea was that um uh one of the things both robert and i like to do is listen to and uh what he refers to as track an album which is to listen to it from beginning to end as the artist intended you to do it. Um, so we want to, you know, start the first song and the last song and all that stuff. So I said, you know, I, I know that a lot of friends, you know, a lot of you know people I know do book clubs and where they basically assign a book to a group of people, two, three people. And in the past it was, you know, you go to somebody's house and say after a week or two, you've all read the same book and then you discuss it and and break it down now i've heard people doing similar things on with on a music level where it was i the one i had heard is people would get together and just basically you'd bring a vinyl album to somebody's house and then you just uh play that or play everyone would bring one and they you know play one all the way through and, and and do that so i took kind of those two worlds and my idea was to start the uh rfj album club which is basically book club but set to music so what what will that mean it will mean um at the beginning of a week uh robert and i will select an album uh sometimes it'll be my choice sometimes it'll be his choice sometimes we'll mutually agree upon one uh sometimes it'll be themed sometimes not uh and then as we go through here we will uh take suggestions and if anyone wants to join us or or suggest an album we do as well and then we will take that we'll spend a week with it listening to it tracking it uh playing it over and over again and then we will in turn um 
record a podcast and break it down. Uh, what we liked, uh, go through kind of the stats, uh, talk about where it fits into an artist's career, talk about themes, lyrics, duds, skippable, um, and all sorts of uh, fun things that we have coming. So uh, I'm looking very much yes. forward to it because it's as, as, as a music nerd, and I know Robert's a big music nerd uh, as well, this is kind of the stuff I like to do. Just like to listen to to an album a couple of times and then chew it over. You know, the type of thing that, you know, oh, six months ago we would go to a bar and discuss. But, uh... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Again, with the pre-COVID, be- before COVID, yes. right. Yes, exactly. Uh, and what I love about the way you have crafted this, Mike, is that it has, like you said, right? So we're going to grade the stats we're going to look at the the you know the, the how did the album do uh mm-hmm. is it trackable uh do the music and lyrics you know does it move us and then you know where where do we go from here so we're going to we're going to attach a score to these things to right. come up with the final summation much like one would do in a book club and we're being a little nerdy about it and that's fine uh-huh. yes. um and the, it's on brand for us. It is on brand for us, yeah. So uh, the Radio Free Jersey uh, Record Club, uh, mm-hmm. it, it so this is the first, it, it's coming soon. Um, there yep. will be a feed. Uh, we'll probably talk more about this uh, next episode, um, but if... if <laughs> If the if I can publicly say the notes from our our RFJ board meeting that we just had, uh, <laughs> uh, you can expect uh, the feet that we're gonna we're gonna drop some teasers on this. It, probably yep. what you've just heard <laughs> uh, <laughs> next week, but uh, no, uh, August twenty fifth is uh, when the first record will drop, and um, you know probably what we what we may do as well is uh, ahead as we're listening to the record we may invite you to listen to it as well uh, as we move along it's going to take us a little while to kind of get in the groove uh, so to speak all puns intended Um, but you know (laughs) I think that if we we, you know we may let you guys know um, on social media that uh, hey this is what we're listening to and then give you an opportunity to uh, to weigh in on some comments that we can integrate in the show and like everything else we do here um, as we get our, our groove together we might invite other people to be physically with us uh, or virtually with us uh, yep. uh, but but it's also something we want you guys to to be part of as well so yep. um, next week we will tell you the record that we're listening to uh, we got to exactly. get a couple of these you know you got to let us get our groove together again mm-hmm. I keep using the word groove but it is apropos <laughs> love it so Love I know it. we went long today, but uh, you know we've been off for an, another week, and it was uh, it was good to get back with you guys. So exactly, we are getting back into our groove. Just to use that one more time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, if you want to follow us, you know where to hit us up uh, on the website at radiofreejersey.com and on Twitter at radiofreejersey. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, yeah, go ahead and give this this particular show five star rating on Apple. It'll help. Uh, it'll help us get uh, higher up on the India charts and get into America. Uh huh. Exactly. The American invasion.
This podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.